Welcome to the Parkway Fellowship Podcast. We hope that God speaks to you through this message from Pastor Mike McGowan. All right. Well, hey, good morning. So glad that you're here today. Um, glad that you're here. This is part four of our message series, uh, Won't You Be My Neighbor, where we're talking about um, how our Heavenly Father uses our neighbors, our lives, to um, help address loneliness. And we're using the show Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood as a kickoff to help us, you know, uh, understand things that God might teach us as part of his eternal, eternal truth. Now, one of my favorite parts of the show as a kid was the trolley, right? Wasn't like the trolley like the coolest thing? What is it that was so mesmerizing about this thing, if you ever saw the show? In fact, how many of you ever saw the show? How, how many of you loved the trolley? Anybody love the trolley? Okay, good. Those of us that saw the show, like, we love the trolley. Trolley was awesome. In fact, if there was ever a show when the trolley didn't show up, Dude, I was ticked. Like, I mean, I was ready to turn the thing off, right? But I'm telling you, when that trolley, like, went around that track, I, mean, I was like, yeah! I mean, well, I mean, I was a little kid. Like, it's okay to do that, okay? Um, but the, the, on the show, the purpose of the trolley was to help kids realize that they were making a transition, transition from reality to the land of make-believe, okay? That was the purpose of the trolley, because, like, Sometimes in, 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 for a kid, the lines between what's real and what make, what's make-believe get a little blurred. And so the trolley was a signal to kids that they were making a transition from what's real to what's make-believe. Because kids needed that. Now, you would think as adults that we don't need that. You would think that as adults that, like, come on, we know what's real and what's make-believe. But you know what? That's not always true. Um, because sometimes, because isn't it true that there are times when we perceive things as worse than they really are? I mean, aren't there times when we assume that people think one thing about us, you know, when in reality it's, it's really not that bad? I mean, aren't there times when we take something that someone says the wrong way when, I mean, like, they didn't mean it that way at all, right? For instance, let's just say that someone said to you, oh, so you're wearing that tonight. <laughs> I can, at that point, we're thinking, well, what, like, what do they mean by that? I mean, like, what's the matter with the one I'm wearing? I mean, like, other than it's a sweat of a zipper, but... Like, and we, we dwell on it, we'll turn that com kind of comment over in our minds like a hundred times, wondering what they could have meant, like what's the matter, like what are people going to think, blah, blah, blah. And only to find out later on that all they really meant was like, oh, after seeing you, I realized this is a more of a formal occasion than I thought, so I better go change clothes. It wasn't anything like what we thought at all, right? And so, you know, that kind of thing when those kinds of comments happen, it can cause us a few minutes or maybe even a few hours of tension, okay? But here's the thing. When we're lonely, that sense of loneliness can cause the lines of reality to blur and our imagination can run wild because we don't have people around us that can say things like, oh, come on, I don't think they really meant it like that. Or you know what? 
people don't say to us, you know what, I don't think that that's, that's what that really means. We end up filling all those blanks ourselves because, you know, we're isolated and we're lonely, okay? And we imagine things are way worse than they really are, and we believe things like, you know what, there's nobody in this world that actually cares about me. We believe things like, I am so alone in this world. Things like, I'm probably the only person that feels this way. Or, you know, if I just had more faith, then I wouldn't feel the way I feel. And that sense of loneliness lets those lies compound in our minds, and eventually we can get to the point where we feel like we are completely unlovable as a person. So wouldn't it be nice if like, there was some kind of a trolley that could help us distinguish between what's real and what's make-believe? Wouldn't it be nice if there was some kind of a trolley that could bring us back from that land of make-believe and help us understand the things that are not true and get more grounded in the things that are true? Because look, our Heavenly Father... He loves us, and he doesn't want any of us to feel lonely. And that, that's why in this series we've talked about so many ways that God has already provided for us to have friends, to make new friends, to deepen friendships that we might have already started in our lives, because our Heavenly Father doesn't want any of us to feel lonely. And God can use those people in our lives to point us back to what he says is real. And they and God can use them to help keep us grounded in reality and prevent us from believing lies about ourselves. And like a trolley, they can bring us back to what's real. So, that leads us to ask this question. Go ahead, so pull out your message notes and let's ask this question together. What, what make-believe things am I prone to believe when I'm lonely? And more importantly, what does God say is reality? So this morning, I'm going to give you like the make-believe lie, followed by what God says is actual reality, and then we're going to talk about each one. So here's the first you know, set. The make-believe lie is that I'm all alone in the world. But the reality that God says is, that, is this. This is your feeling. God is always with me. And others are willing to be too. That God is always with me. And others are willing to be too. See, so many people in our day feel alone. And we've talked about this numerous times in this series. But people are more lonely today than they ever have been in literally the last 200 years. Despite being surrounded by tons of people. And despite the you know, friendship that social media promises that it, that it would give us. People are still feel really alone. But the reality is you're not alone. And you've never been alone. Look, now, I'm not saying you haven't felt alone, because the reality is sometimes what we feel doesn't always match what's real. So you might have felt alone, but that doesn't mean that you are alone. Look what God says in Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 6. God says this Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. He was talking about the enemies around them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. 
God, God, God says he will never leave you, ever. Now, there are times when, you know, as a Christ follower, sometimes you feel God really close to you. But listen, there's other times, like, you can't feel God at all. But just because you can't feel him, does that mean that he's not there? No. Because feelings don't always match reality. The reality is, is that God says that he's always there. Because here's what you and I sometimes forget. And I, I teach a 10th grade small group, and we talked about this in our 10th grade small group two weeks ago. Here's the truth. God is obsessed with you. I'm telling you, he is obsessed with you. God thinks about you every day. He thinks about you all the time. He thinks about you when you wake up in the morning. God is thinking about you as you're just going on throughout your day he, or when you're at school. He thinks about you when you come home. He's thinking about you when you lay down at night. He thinks about you all the time. He thinks about you every day because God is obsessed with you. God genuinely loves you. He genuinely cares about you. It's as if you are the only person in the world. He's that focused on you. That's the reality. So look, no matter what you feel, you're not all alone, ever. In fact, this, that sort of feeling, that's something that Jesus himself went through. In fact, the night before Jesus was crucified, Jesus said all the disciples were going to abandon him, but even then he says he's not alone. Look what the Bible says. In John chapter 16, verse 32, here's what the Bible says. Jesus is talking, he says, but a time is coming and has come when you, talking to the disciples, you'll be scattered, each one to his own home. You will leave me all alone. Yet, I am not alone. For my Father is with me. So look. So even Jesus himself, Jesus wasn't truly alone because his heavenly Father was with him the whole time. So look, in the very same way, your heavenly Father is with you the whole time. He never leaves you. He, he never has left you. He's right there. So you know what you do? When, when you feel alone, when you feel lonely, you just, just whisper a prayer to God. Because literally, he's right there. Now, you might not feel him. You certainly can't see him. But he's right there there. So the next time that you're moaning and groaning, you're like, oh, I just feel so alone. I mean, I don't think anybody in this world cares. I don't think anybody's here. I'm the only one and nobody loves me. It, honestly, it's as if God is standing right, by, right beside you just going, I'm here. I care. I've always loved you. I've I haven't gone anywhere. I am right here. So you know what? Just when you're feeling that way in that moment, just whisper a prayer to God. Now, if you've never prayed before, that might feel a little weird at the first. But here's the thing. What you'll find over time is that you'll sense and begin to feel how close God really is. And you realize he's never been away from you. No matter how far away from him you've tried to walk. He's always been there. And he always will be there. Now, one more thought about this, you know, first set of truths, and then we'll, we'll move forward. Um, while, while it is true that God is capable of meeting all of your needs, honestly, sometimes it's just nice to have another person, right? Sometimes it's just nice to have a, 
a, a friend or a set of friends. Because, I mean, after all, God has created us to have friends, to be in community, to be in contact with other people. And that, that's, just, that's just part of our, our nature as people. So look, if you're lonely, you got, look, let's just be honest, you got to put yourself in a place where you can just meet other people. I mean, you just got to put yourself out there. And look, here's the thing. If at first you kind of put yourself out there and a connection doesn't happen, don't worry about that. Just move on and put yourself out there for the next person. Because look, every person you meet is not going to be your new best friend. So don't freak out if it doesn't work out the very first time, right? I mean, like, I, mean I think about my own life. Some of, my, some of the friendships that I'm the most thankful for are actually the ones that did not work out. Because, I mean, I think about friends, that, people that I just so badly wanted to be friends with when I was a teenager. If I had ended up being good friends with those people, I mean, it would have, those friendships might have led me down a road that I didn't really want to go. And because some of those other friendships as a young adult didn't work out, it left me enough margin in my life where I could become friends with some other people that God has used powerfully in my life. And because I've been through times when I didn't really have as many close friends, it's made me more sensitive to other people when they're going through a lonely time. So God uses even those lonely periods in our lives for his purpose, okay? So look, so don't be discouraged if things take a little while, like it might take a few times, but look, there's people out there who can and will be great friends for you, all right? So let's move on. Uh, this is something that probably mostly Christ followers deal with, and the make-believe is this, is that, well, if I just had more faith, I wouldn't feel this way. But the reality is, is that many people of great faith have felt lonely. Some people think, well, if I, mean, I just had more faith, then I wouldn't feel this way. But the truth is, many people of great faith have felt this way. I mean, you know, there's just these people out there, they just believe that, you know what, if you just have enough faith, it will just magically fix loneliness. But, but it won't, because look, loneliness doesn't happen because of a lack of faith. Loneliness happens because of a lack of family. And, and it may, may or may not be your family of origin. It might not be a lack of that, but it might be a lack of a church family. It might be a lack of a sense of family at your work, or a sense of family at your school, or a sense of family in things that you volunteer in, you know, like a booster club, you know, or whatever it is that you're involved with. But look, just because you feel lonely, that doesn't mean that you have a lack of faith. In fact, there's a lot of people in the Bible who went through a period of intense loneliness, but they were people of incredible faith. But that, but that loneliness only lasted a short time because as they continued to remain faithful to God, in different ways, God brought friends into their lives to help address their sense of loneliness. Let me give you some examples. I've printed them for you in your bulletin, so follow along as we kind of march through these right quick. The first person is David. David went through a really lonely time when he was running from King Saul and he had to hide in the desert. I mean, remember we talked about this in week one of these, this series, but God sent 400 men into his life. That's your feeling. God sent 400 men into his life so that he wouldn't feel alone. You know, bottom line, God allowed him to be surrounded by people to address his sense of loneliness, okay? Next person, think about Job. We talked about this person last week, 
how God provided three friends, three friends that came into Job's life, and they ended up becoming his really close friends. And they picked Job up when he was at his lowest. So for Job, that sense of family came through a few close friends. Now, for a guy named Jeremiah, Jeremiah was a prophet who came on the scene right after the Babylonians had conquered Jerusalem. Get this, they hauled off over 90% of the population into slavery back to Babylon. Less than 10% of the people were left there, okay? But Jeremiah, and this is your fill-in, Jeremiah stays with the people in Jerusalem, and God used that hard time that all of them were going through to bond them together into a sense of family. So he went through tough times with people, and that's what helped them. Then there's a guy named Nehemiah. Nehemiah comes back to Jerusalem 70 years after the Babylonians had conquered it, and he comes back to rebuild the walls. And listen, Nehemiah felt like he was the only one that cared about the walls. He felt alone in his desire to rebuild the city. But the truth of the matter is, is that Nehemiah bonds with the people through a project. That project of rebuilding those walls brought them together and, make them, and made them feel like a family. And so none of them felt lonely. And then there's Peter. Peter was a disciple who denied three times that he even knew Christ. And so Peter felt all alone because, look, he was ashamed of what he had done. But Peter rejoined the disciples as friends, and they just, they just accepted him back. No questions asked. So, going through all these examples, let me ask you, here's the question I want to ask you. Which of their situations do you most identify with? I mean, look at them. All these people at one time felt lonely. But look at all the different ways that God brought friends into their lives. So let me ask you, which of those situations is most similar to your life? And not that God is limited to just these you know, five or six ways. There's hundreds of ways that God could bring people into your life. There's hundreds of ways that God could bring good neighbors, friends into your life. In fact, the truth is, God has probably already set that table in your life right now. Those people are already probably present. It might look like something you see here. might look different. You know, I don't know. But look, my point is, it's not a lack of faith if you feel lonely. It's just simply a lack of family. And if you see other people around you that are feeling lonely, it's not a lack of faith on their part either. It's just simply a lack of a sense of family. And God might want to use you to help address them, address their needs. God might want to use church, because look, let's just be honest, church is a great place to help address loneliness, because when you become a part of a church family, it really helps, because it just puts you shoulder to shoulder with other people who are going down a good path in life, or working on going down a good path in life, and they can help address your sense of loneliness. So look, let me, let me just say this, if, if you've never joined a church family before, or you're not a part of a church family right now, and you feel like you want to call Parkway Fellowship your home, then I encourage you, go ahead and join. Join our church. You, you do that by just take, by taking a membership class. Look, we offer it once a month. We'll even feed you, feed you lunch. It's on a Sunday afternoon. It's a really great class, and we'll tell you all about 
your role in the church and the church's role in your life and how God might want to use that to help address some really deep needs in you and how God might want to use you to help other people. I mean, it's really great. So I'll give you a chance to sign up for that when we get to the end of today. All right, here's, here's the last one. One more and we'll be through. Number three is this. The make-believe is that God doesn't care. God doesn't care, but the reality is is that God has always cared about me. God has always cared about me. See, sometimes we feel alone, we get to the point where we just think, you know what, God doesn't care, because if God cared, he would not have let things get this bad. If God really cared, I wouldn't have had to gone through what I've gone through. I'm telling you, friends, nothing could be farther from the truth. Your Heavenly Father, he cares about you more than you could ever know. In fact, He's always cared about you because, like I said, he's been watching you your whole life. And yeah, like I get it. I mean, look, there might have been some bad things that have happened in your life. And, and, and the thought is always, well, you know, if God really cares, then why, do you, why did he allow these bad things to happen? Look, I'll be honest with you, I don't have an answer for that. I don't know. But here's what I can tell you. I know that God has even used the bad things that have happened in my life to draw me closer to him. And he'll do the same for you. And he'll do it because he cares about you. But here's the deal. For that to happen, you've got to get to the point where you genuinely believe that God cares about you. Because, it, it, because if you don't, you'll end up becoming just a bitter old man or a bitter old woman. Because you got to get to the point where you genuinely believe that God has always cared about you. Look at this, look at this verse in 1 Peter 5, 7. I love this verse. It says, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Okay? Look at that first word, cast. I want you to circle it. Okay? Circle that first word, cast. Because that word cast, it doesn't mean that you just gently lay down your worries before God in a quiet little prayer. No, no, no. That, that word cast, it means, it, it, it actually means to decisively throw. The word cast, it means decisively throw. In modern day terms, you know what we'd call that? We'd say, just chunk it. That, that's how it would translate, just chunk it. So whatever it is that's worrying you, whatever it is causing you anxiety, the Bible says, God says, hey, just chunk it to me. God says, just chunk it. So let's just take loneliness because you know, that's what we've been talking about. So if you're feeling lonely, you're feeling like I'm all alone, that there's nobody that cares about me, that, I'm the, that, nobody, no, you know, that no, I don't matter to anybody else, just take that worry and that anxiety and just chunk it to God. That's what he's saying to you. And when you chunk something, like if you take a big rock and you just chunk it out in the middle of the lake, you can't get it back. And so what God's saying is, you just take whatever that's worry, that fear, that anxiety, you just chunk it on me, but don't take it back. That means that once you chunk it to God, you don't worry about it, you don't dwell on it, you don't obsess with it, you don't just keep rolling it over in your mind on and then again. Now, if you ever find yourself in a place you do, then you know what? Just chunk it to him again. And you just keep chunking it until it quits crawling out of the water back to you. Just chunk it to God. And the more you keep chunking it, the more you'll find that he'll take it, and the more you'll see that that thing that you feared or that anxiety that you obsessed about 
isn't actually based in reality at all. It's really more make-believe than anything else. Look, and here, this is something that I, I don't want us to ever get so used to hearing that it, you know, just, it just passes over us and we, we don't, it doesn't register anymore. But the way you know that God so cares about you and that he so loves you and he always has, the way you know for sure is because God sent his son, Jesus, to die for you. The Bible says that God demonstrated his love for us by sending his son, Jesus Christ, to die for us. Because, see, the truth is, it, our sin, the things that we've done wrong, they separate us from God. And so we need someone to forgive us of what we've done. And that person is Jesus Christ. When Jesus died on a cross, his death provided forgiveness so that all of our sin could be wiped away and so that we could have a relationship with God on earth and get this, so that we could go to heaven when we die. Because look, when God's thinking about you, the thought of living forever in heaven without you so breaks his heart that he knew he needed to do something to fix your sin, to provide forgiveness for your sin. And the only way that could be done was to send his son Jesus to die for you. Look, I don't, I don't want us to get so accustomed to hearing that and so used to hearing that, that like, oh, like, okay, we're just talking about Jesus, that's the death on the cross part, and it just, it ceases to affect us. No, 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 because it's huge. It's huge. Because God sent his son Jesus to die for you because he loves you, and he loves me so much. That's, that's how we know God cares. So look, I just say this. If you've never accepted Jesus Christ into your life, there's a prayer in your worship guide. I want you to take it a minute. I want you to pray that prayer right now, if you're ready. But for all of us who've prayed that prayer before, I mean, wouldn't it be great if, if we had some kind of a, of a trolley in our lives that could bring us back from those lies that are just make-believe, but man, I'm telling you, we spin them up in our head sometimes. Wouldn't it be nice if there's some kind of a trolley that could bring us back and ground us to reality? Well, the truth is there is, and God's provided it. There's actually two of them. The first is the Bible, and the second is other people, which is why it's so important that you start reading this which is why it's so important that you start memorizing key verses out of this whenever they impact your life. And it's also why it's so important that you put yourself out there and get to know other people. Because God will use other people and he will use this to bring us back from a land of make-believe where we get ourselves so emotionally tied up in knots because of something that we feel might really be true and bring us back to reality of what God says is actually true. That he loves us, and he's cared about us, and he's got people that he wants to bring into our lives to help us all the time. So, bow your head, close your eyes, let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, thank you so very much. Thank you so very much 
that you have cared about each one of us. You saw each of us the day we were born. You've seen every hardship that we've been through. You've seen every tear that we've cried. You've seen every pain that we've felt. You've seen every joyful moment, and you were right there. Whether we knew you were there or not, whether we could feel you or not, you were still there. Just as real then as you are sitting here today with each one of us. And so I ask in Jesus' name that you would help us reach out to you and that we would chunk all our worries, fears, and anxieties on you and we would just keep doing it until those anxieties are gone and those fears are gone, until that loneliness is gone. And even though I know that, Father, that you alone are enough, I ask that for those people that are lonely, that you would send good Christ-following people into their lives to link shoulders with so that you can help use them to keep us grounded in reality and not believe lies that we're unlovable and that we're no good or that nobody would ever want to be friends with us because none of those things are true. So use those things to help us keep grounded in you. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message. For more information about Parkway Fellowship, find us online at parkwayfellowship.com. You can also download our mobile app for access to the most recent messages, video content, and much more.